0: Oh hey guys, welcome back to Break It, a podcast that looks at all the issues surrounding a fake news. My name is Oliver Ciniere, and I'm your host. And I'm still alive, which is a miracle because I'm pretty sure we all thought we would perish in nuclear disaster last week. Thank you, Donald Trump. Bless you. Doing so much good for the world. We appreciate you here in the UK. We do not. You are a cunt. Please stop doing what you do. He can't can't help himself, can he? Uh, yeah, so this is a podcast about fake news, even though I just started off with a roast uh, of Trump. I don't know if that was a roast. It was something. Uh, it was vulgar. That's what it was. Uh, and this is a podcast about fake news where we discuss issues relating to fake news. And later on, I'm going to have one of the um, cool people who's helping build games about fake news to improve media literacy and help educate people, educate the masses about fake news, how to spot it, what to do. What to do, you guys? Don't click it. That's the first step. Anyway, a lot of developments this week. Uh, another another sort of Donald Trump fake news face-off. So if you're following the Trump tracker, this week Trump and Jim Acosta got into it, had a, a, an exchange of words. He called Jim Acosta, who's a pretty established journalist for CNN, fake news and told him he didn't listen to fake news he was fake news and then he like scurried away like a little b b word like a little bitch because that's trump trump's just a big baby and i hate him anyway uh it's all been kicking off in the states and i've got to tell you guys when i bought a plane ticket one way from america to london on november 21st of 2016 People were like, that's so drastic, you're being so drastic, fucking relax. I will not relax, because as you've seen in America this past week, uh, this is real news, not fake news, uh, t- terrible showing of the alt-right, who are basically uh, racists in Ray-Bans, who, who essentially do all the bits that the KKK do without the, the masks. If you ask me, the masks are gone. Um, something that amused me greatly about that whole event, which was rather tragic, was the fact that all of these racists marched with tiki torches. That in itself was kind of hilarious, because, like, fucking build fire. You're a man, you're the best, right? So figure it out. No, they go, go to, you know, Home Depot and, and get some tiki torches. So that was hysterical in its own right. right. And um, after all these pictures hit the internet of all these alt-right people marching without, you know, anything covering their faces, they started losing jobs. Some bloke lost a job at a hot dog store, not massive, but still. And then people started complaining, like, hey, they're doxing the the alt-right. It's like, well, no, they're not doxing the alt-right, because if you chose to attend some public rally, aka, that's what they're calling it, not a riot, if you attend a public rally with uh, your face uncovered and people take pictures of you and put you on the internet, then you, there is no doxing. It's like, hey, that's my friend Brad. Oh my god. I didn't know Brad was a racist. Oh, yikes. You probably did, because Brad is very problematic in your friend group. He probably says things like, blacks suck, if not worse. You know what I mean? Like, so, um... Uh, There was some bloke who who his family disowned him. That was fucking epic. I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, This is not in any way, shape, or form related to fake news. It is truthful news. This is all real stuff I'm talking about. But it's just things that I've been thinking on this week. And, um, you know, I don't know. I I think the, the connection I was trying to make there was I realized things were not going to get better before they got worse in America. I figured they would get a lot worse before they got better. And I wasn't sticking around for the getting better bit. You know what I mean? So here I am, safe, sound, in my studio in London. Um, what else is happening with me this week? Have I already plugged this? I don't think I have. I am heading up to Fringe in Edinburgh, Edinburgh, to do my, um, my show about the 2016 election. That's right, we didn't live through that for nothing. A comedy show came out of it, and if you are up there, and you're hearing this, I'm performing on Saturday and Sunday, at five o'clock at Laughing Horse at forty-eight below. Yeah, it's venue one forty-six. If you're looking for it, and you're up there, come check me out. I will be spilling all of the tea regarding the 2016 election, as it were. Anyhow, I think I've been rambling on for just enough now, and I really want you to listen to me chat to uh, someone who's super cool and I think doing really great things, especially working with young people's, and well, anybody that you know, has fingers and can play a game. Um I'm gonna take a little break, get some more water, and when I come back, we will be chatting to Maggie Farley, BRB. I'm
1: gonna give you a speak how you, stay, can you stay or fake Stop! Stop! And did not Our press secretary
0: gave alternative facts. Hey guys, welcome back to Fake It Break It, a podcast that looks at all the issues surrounding fake news. Today we're talking all about games. I guess fake news isn't really a game, though, at the rate Trump's playing it, it seems like one. Um, Today's guest is a fellow at American University where she's exploring new ways to experience information and news. She's a former journalist with the LA Times, Maggie Farley. Maggie, welcome to the show. How are you?
1: Good. It's my birthday. Thanks for having me.
0: (laughs) Happy birthday. That is a treat. (laughs) Yes, it
1: is. For me. (laughs)
0: Um, Maggie, usually I kick off this show by asking the guest if they have any interesting stories around fake news involving family colleagues anything themselves do you have one
1: oh that's funny um well you know we've made this game called factitious which is sort of fake news meets tinder um you swipe right for real news and left for for fake news and in the process of gathering the stories for factitious um i've had to be really careful i've been fooled a few times actually and not only I, but it um, turns out other mainstream um, news outlets have too. But it just shows that fake news is getting more and more complicated to parse. Um, I've had to go down several levels of verification. Like, um, <laughs> There is a story that got a lot of traction about um, a protester who said that he was paid to go protest against Trump by a bunch of Hillary Clinton-aged women who put an ad on Craigslist. And they said they were going to pay him $3,500 to protest and to beat people up. And uh, uh, I saw this story on um, several credible outlets. And I even went to Craigslist to see if the ad was still there. And it was. But it turns out that the guy made up the story. And he made up the ad and put it on Craigslist. And it was finally debunked but
0: wow you really have
1: to dig deep some
0: you i mean you you did all of your homework you 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 said okay a lot of media is covering this but i'm gonna snoop about i'm gonna find the ad on craigslist it's there sounds like it's true but it's not true yeah i think that is something people are kind of gonna have to be mindful of as um fake news gets smarter if you will people are, are, are quickly realizing how they have to adjust to game the system because look no one wants to miss out on that ad revenue right like everyone wants that money that cash cow that that partisan cash cow that you can tap into because divisive rhetoric on both sides turns out to be kind of a big thing
1: um okay anyway the technology just is getting more and more sophisticated i mean we've already had to deal with photoshop and um recycled photos purporting to be from i don't know scenes of war or chemical yeah yeah or
0: or like um you know i don't know it 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 happened during the primary as well like people were sharing pictures of like the last vatican meeting and they were saying look at bernie's crowd and it was like well no he already gets big crowds we don't need to lie about it this is clearly something else uh so that's really interesting i i also read somewhere that uh, adobe was trying to release like a voice product that would allow you to kind of um manipulate anyone's voice to make them say things yes and yes. in the wake of the 2016 election and everything that we've come to, to to learn about fake news that was that was quickly tabled and rightly so uh, i don't think we're at a place where we should be faking people's voices
1: well it's it's already out there i mean the cat is out of the bag the university of washington a group there just released a demo showing obama saying whatever they wanted yes obama to say did you see that
0: yeah, I did see that. Um, and it was sort of like um, they basically used gears of his speeches available and, and manipulated um, the, the, the main shapes of his words. So, you know, that's quite scary when you think about the today in America where, you know, it seems like the Cuban Missile Crisis Part Two right. is currently unfolding. And so, you know, can you imagine if someone like put a video out of Trump saying, we just nuked North Korea and they didn't, you know, just as the implications are actually huge and scary when you stop to think about them. Um, but yep. that's a fun, fun place to end, I guess, like a nice high note, like nuclear <laughs> disaster. <laughs> really good. Um, great segue. Uh, so in topical news, there's a, a couple of pieces I want to bring to your attention, especially with your journalism background. So the daily news, there was a, um, an opinion piece and it's uh, real and fake news and why it matters in a democracy people in power don't determine the truth uh, so you know essentially if I can sum this up truth is a set especially central to democracy truth ensures a kind of quality someone with less power can speak truth to power leveling the playing field of political debate to destroy liberal democracy it is essential to attack the truth without truth there remains only power a free and critical press guided by the truth is therefore of the at the very center of any democratic system mm-hmm. so i love that you know yeah I, I i i just kind of like hit it on the head where you know it's fine that we make fun of venezuela or we want to you know put boots in the ground to resolve the venezuelan situation because that authoritarian re- regime is very clear right and i think the thing that makes american democracy or democracies in general great is that there is that freedom to speak truth to power right and i was hoping that you as a former journal- journalist wow i can't speak today could perhaps talk about why the it is essential for a free press to function and it is essential for for, for journalists in general to kind of not debunk fake news but really put truth at its essence
1: Oh, that's a really good question and I love the way uh, the quote put it, that it's essential to a democracy to have information and then someone with a small voice can speak truth to power, speak back to that that big voice. And one of the virtues of the internet is that it amplifies the small voices. Um, but that's also the downside of the internet because anybody can publish. And anybody can put their voice out there without going through the standard protocols of you know old school journalism, which is checking your facts, being accountable for what you put out there. If you make a mistake, correct it. Even though the corrections don't always reach as far, like mm-hmm. um, triangulating your sources. You know, don't rely on one anonymous source because they may have an axe to grind. Um, so these are the things that most journalists learn. Um, most old-school journalists working for legacy media organizations. Um, But if anybody can publish, you know, here we are. We're doing a podcast, which is really cool. But, um, you know, not everybody is as responsible as you are.
0: Right. And I also don't make wild claims on here, but I do love what you say about I think this is something that I really... I would love to get your thoughts on as well is this notion that, you know, anyone with an IP address and with a website can publish. And I don't know if you've been following the Luis Mensch um saga at all, but this is a a key example of how the internet, combined with someone who has a little bit of know how, can then kind of foster this 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 sort of um well, really unsustainable news outlet, which is ultimately unreliable. You know, a lot of people say, You gotta trust like, um, independent journalists and I'm like, Trust me, I'm all for independent journalists, but independent journalist Louise Manch is not. Um, you know, it's that sort of thing of like, well, I heard and now I'm quoting it as fact and the facts are wrong, they're not aligning with what maybe a New York Times or or even a Huffington Post who's out there actually got reporters really working the story and maybe they're they're not rushing to release it, because they want to make sure they do what you've said, like verify, triangle, triangulate sources and all that, uh, but Louise Manch just hits publish, and it's in, on Twitter, she's got a large following, and suddenly it's gaining traction, and then, you know, next thing you know, there's an actual politician referencing something she's published, even though it's incorrect.
1: Right, and, you know, once in a while she'll she'll get it right, and then that just confuses everybody all the more um a
0: broken clock's right at least twice twice a day day.
1: yes i love that quote (laughs) um yes it's really difficult um to fight fake news and you can do it at the source uh, at the supply side and try to educate the people who are making news to adhere to certain standards and then you can do Uh, You can sort of uh, attack the uh, demand side, which is educate the consumer of news about how to recognize when you're being spun or manipulated or fooled or hoaxed. And that's sort of what the factitious game is trying to do. It's a, a playful way for people to learn about the red flags of fake news.
0: Amazing. We will talk about Fictitious in just two secs. It's a fun game and I've loved playing it and I've loved watching other people play it. So I make other people, we'll talk about it in a second. <laughs> um, but the second topical news item is, um, I don't know if you've seen this, but Trump has launched a real news show to combat fake news and it's hosted by his daughter-in-law. That's I don't true. know if you've seen it, I've but seen I'm it. curious to get your thoughts. Yes.
1: Laura Trump. So I just showed this To a classroom full of journalism students and asked them what it was was it real news what did they say was it fake news and so they decided it's it was a press conference basically (laughs) (laughs) that
0: is that i'm sorry that makes me laugh because i've got some statistics that will maybe um help us shape what this really was um so i believe this is leaning into we're we're kind of drifting into like state-sponsored television zone here but... Right. Well, um, propaganda
1: was definitely mentioned. Propaganda, PR spin, but nobody mistook it for news.
0: That's fine. So the the, the first video I believe was something like two and a half minutes long Mm -hmm. but it was also viewed by 1.7 million people Um, and you know I believe Lara Trump signs off by saying thanks for joining us everybody and that is the real news. Right. And now the reason I want to highlight the size of it is because as someone who works in digital media, like length is important when you're trying to uh, reach people and reach a specific type of person. Right. So we understand the implication of Facebook in the 2016 election and in Brexit and all of these things that have just happened recently. And so when you look at what they've put together news we all agree like a standard news program would be at least a half hour i mean you know you can get these like 15 minute snippets that cnn will run you know throughout the day but uh i think half an hour is probably where you're at for a, a standard news program but this is just lara trump rife rattling off um you know 15 things that trump has done that week so that then this can be promoted to Trump supporters and they can go, see, this is the real news. Trump is doing stuff. What about all of those things he did? Because we just saw on Facebook. Um, and I think to dismiss this as as nothing would be sort of like akin to the mistake that everyone made dismissing Trump and saying, eh, what was the big deal? Like, eh, it, he's not going to get out of the, you know, the primary. I think when you start looking towards 2018, things like this will matter.
1: Oh, for sure. And one of the brilliant things that Trump figured out is that he could take his message directly to the people. He didn't have to entertain journalists and their probing questions and their nitpicking on the facts. He could just say whatever he wanted. He could tweet it out. Now he's got his own little um, sponsored news broadcast. But for an authoritarian leader, or even for someone who is a little bit more democratically minded, it is very effective to just put your message out there, and the people who want to hear it will will hear it and I, I feel a bit guilty because um, out of those million and a half clicks, I was probably ten of them. <laughs>
0: That's fair. Because I was watching it over uh, and
1: over and showing it to students and, and parsing it a bit. But um, I think there is a... You're cur-
0: doing it for education, so that count, that's fine. If you're going to support Trump, do it for someone else's <laughs> betterment.
1: But this um, is the problem because, well, there's there's the curiosity factor. I mean, everybody wants to know what Trump is tweeting, whether they agree with it or not. So it's not necessarily that they're his supporters, but they are his followers. And then uh, um, yeah. Twitter audit found that a good portion of those, they estimated up to two-thirds, were bots. So not even real people, just um, fake accounts that were created to amplify the message. So those Yeah. So really tricky. But it does point up the fact of, of amplification and how, fat, how fast um, these things can spread. Yeah. They quickly become viral and what is popular becomes more popular because of the algorithms.
0: Yes. Yeah. Trust me. You, we can have a whole discussion on echo chambers, but instead of doing that, I am going to talk to you. I want you to talk to me about factitious. I want to know like why you, why you came up with it, how it came to be and how you got it done fairly quickly. Because if you think about some of these things that take ages to kind of come to fruition, especially when there's like database and programming involved, uh, tell, tell me about fictitious. And for those of you who don't know, Factitious is a online video game that helps you combat fake news.
1: So the the latest version is now mobile. It's on the, it's on your cell phone. And uh, we did that because we wanted it to be quicker and have more action and just appeal to younger people who are more familiar with Tinder and know about swiping right and swiping left. And, you know, when you're really going on the fake news game, it looks like you're actually going to have a really hot weekend. Yeah. You know, <laughs> <laughs> but the truth is, we started talking about it two years ago, about the time that Trump announced his presidential candidacy. And oh, wow. he uh, was still being covered as an entertainment figure. You know, as the guy who had The Apprentice Show, and um, his candidacy wasn't even be- being covered in political pages. And we put him in our first version of the game, the online game, as kind of the figure of fun who'd come on the screen when you got the answer wrong and say, YOU LOSER! (laughs) But but as... How far we've come. I know, as we get so quaint. As we gain momentum, as he gained momentum, we realized that he couldn't play that role in the game because he was quickly taking on another role, which was sort of the generator of fake news, and a lot of fake news is being propagated about him. So now he's still in the game, but in just a very very different form um, and you said we did it quickly actually we did the mobile version quickly when um, fake news is really becoming a thing but when we first started it was more news literacy oriented I was working with the news literacy project here in the United States which is a program designed to teach high school students how to parse the news how to know what to believe out of all that information out there And it used to be quite quaint, you know, we were worried about them mistaking opinion for news or advertising for news or parody and um, satire. And then fake news with a capital F and a capital N became a real thing, and now it's become quite a pernicious thing and um, very, very difficult to sort out.
0: And do you have any sort of, you know, idea of how it's being received uh, are people using and how people are using it like are people using this in schools I'm, I'm particularly fascinated with news literacy especially because it's not a standard thing that is taught in schools or necessarily taught in classes you know um, I, I just wonder how how you feel it's being received so far
1: yes yeah, so the news literacy project is picking it up and they're going to use it as part of their digital curriculum and it's um, it's open source so, it, it's designed for people to sort of play with it and amend it and people are using it for studies about um, cognitive bias and uh, the psychology of perception and all sorts of things. So, it's gotten some really interesting feedback. And just as a game, people, people have played almost a million and a half rounds by now.
0: Wow. But, wow, that's more people that attended, uh, than attended Trump's uh, inauguration. Congrats. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes. Well, those numbers may be real or they may be not.
0: <laughs> but, um, I think we know.
1: Yes. Um, but the ultimate compliment is that the game has been copied um, by two other groups um, with the the same idea and the swiping Tinder like interface. Well, well, well. We're uh, that well as a compliment.
0: Flattery. Yes, yes. Uh, in in other circles it might have been plagiarism but in this instance it is the more fake news awareness i suppose the better for for everybody um but what's interesting to me is that there's not just one fake news game out there and uh i don't know if you saw this but uh there's a game called um, play the literal trump card fake news is now a card game and a business and basically there's this new card game where each player gets a turn to read from a set of quotes that have been uttered by either Donald Trump, Kellyanne Conway, Steve Bannon, (laughs) Reince, Priebus, R.I.P., Ben Carson, Sean Spicer, R.I.P., or Mike Pence. (laughs) Uh, The twist is uh, the quote might also be deceptive and be fake news. Uh, So each player guesses who they think said the quote, or if it's fake news, and if they are right, they win a point. The first person to 11 points wins. And so... I thought I might play around with you if you if you're keen. <laughs> that sounds okay. fun.
1: I I hope this round includes the uh, Scaramucci quote. <laughs>
0: oh I would not have I, yeah, I don't think we'll have that in here but but then again he wasn't in the administration long enough to get into the board game so <laughs> he would have had to been there longer than 2 weeks I believe. Um okay, here's the first quote. Most women say please speak to me from the waist up, my brain, my eyes. Who said that?
1: Must be Kellyanne Conway. No.
0: Yeah, ding, ding, ding. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're going to second guess yourself. You're right, you're right, you're right. You got it. Okay, here's one. An ex. I can't even say this. An extremely credible source has called my office and told me that Barack Obama's birth certificate is a fraud. Yep, correct, (laughs) correct. Um, Okay, they're either a victim of race, they're a victim of sexual preference, they're a victim of gender, all of... All about victimhood and the United States is the great oppressor oppressor, not the great liberator.
1: Oh, that sounds too literate to be the president. Um maybe Steve Bannon.
0: Oh my god, you're three for three. Wow, I did not make this this very, very difficult. Or maybe it's just they're just that transparent. We can get there. Uh okay. <laughs> <laughs> Here's one for you. Some mischievous liberal at Disney assumes that Mulan's story will cause a quiet change in the next generation's attitude about women in combat, and they might just be right.
1: Oh, that's interesting.
0: Do, 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 do. do. <laughs> I need a hint. Do, do. You got one?
1: I need a hint. Lifeline.
0: Uh, you need you need fun a friend, man. We're confusing all of these games today. Right. Uh, he is still in the administration, and this is a real quote. And he is a terrible human. So that should narrow it down for you, Steve Miller. <laughs> no, that's a band. That's the guy from the band. Uh, no, it isn't Steve Bannon, it's a quote from Mike Pence. No, no, Steve he Miller's
1: another was... terrible human, the one that looks oh, like... Oh yeah, oh my Pee- god, Man.
0: yes, the one that looks like an alien. Yeah, yes, Big forehead. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, Nazi, yes, of course. I just tend to block the Nazis in the administration <laughs> out of my brain. I just pretend they don't exist, which might not be the best way of dealing with it, but it's working, because I literally forgot that Steve Miller was a person in the administration. As well as... a, um, Yeah, so you, you you should pick up a copy of that, g- that game. You're three out of four, which isn't it's bad. It's good. Um, but it's another interesting way. It's kind of like Cards of Humanity, but with, um, yes. you know, with terrible people, basically. I know. It's a, uh, I don't know if it...
1: It's a bit painful to play, actually.
0: <laughs> exactly. I was just thinking that. It might not be best for my demographic, but who knows. Um, there's another game, uh, I believe, um, this is created by... Um, fact checkers to help readers spot fake news and uh, I think it was, the imp- you know, one of the motivations behind it was that Pew Research Center study which found that 32% of Americans uh, had seen fake news on- online and almost a quarter of Americans had shared articles that were untrue. Mm-hmm. And so, um, uh, you know, in addition to Fictitious, as we've mentioned, there are these other games out there and one of them is Poli- Truth. Uh, which is a politifact game, which features headlines as well as quotes, and the politifact truthometer, which will appear once a, a player makes a guess. Mm-hmm. And um, I think the thing that was interesting to me about this was that uh, the game has a Super Nintendo vibe, and and as someone who kind of grew up with video games and specifically super nintendo mm-hmm. it really leans into like they went all out with the theme keeping it thematic and you know like right down to the the point where you enter your name after you've won or lost okay. um, it's like you put your initials in so okay. had a very sort of nostalgic feel um but um i'm wondering if if you how how soon or how long you think it will take any of these games or any of these tools to really start making an impact because i imagine if they're educational and they're tied into like literacy programs you're arming children now or like young adults now so as they progress but how do you think you can reach some of the you know whether it's trump supporters whether it's you know disaffected voters who read a lot of fake news and were immediately turned off by it. How do you think you can reach those people?
1: That's an excellent question because a lot of Trump supporters are, are not in our audience by self-selection. I mean, if you did a Venn diagram of the people who are really interested in ferreting out fake news and, and digging for the truth and the people who are true believers of, of the president and really like his message and don't care about the facts, you put those two circles together, there wouldn't be much overlap in the middle. So it is a tough challenge and you know, we're hoping that people be attracted by the game aspect of it and be drawn to the game. Um, but the truth is that it's hard to reach the very audience that we're trying to affect the most.
0: Do you know if your like, digital team has tried doing any promotion to specific audiences, whether it's on Facebook, like testing different ad sets. Um, these people, I just learned respond very highly to Alex Jones products and they buy those all from like advertisements on his website. And so I'm wondering if there's a way to sort of like, I don't know if you've seen, um, John Oliver and some of the things he's done where he basically takes out adverts and kind of promotes his agenda that way and I wouldn't call it an agenda but uh, it's very hysterical um, and so have you guys thought about maybe targeting some of these Trump supporters or these disaffected voters w- across digital mediums or is it one of those situations where you guys don't have like six-figure budgets to play around with so you're just doing it the old-fashioned way
1: yeah we're doing it out of university so <laughs> <laughs> so,
0: so even True. non-existent budget
1: pretty much Um, But it has gotten a lot of traction, which is interesting. Um, But one virtue of doing it at a university is that you're all set up there to do studies on the efficacy. And so we'll be doing that this year. And um, also through the News Literacy Project, they have their own assessments. So they can see what's effective in the schools. So that's kind of interesting.
0: That's really neat. I wanted to go back to something that I forgot to mention or forgot to ask earlier when you were talking about showing your class the Trump um Laura Trump sort of real news program. What were some of the sound bites that were coming through in that room and did you get the sense that they didn't think it was that big a deal because I'm starting to notice like a generational divide on what people consider A big deal and what people don't consider a big deal and I don't know if this is connected to like media saturation whether it's that Millennials are just like they get it on Twitter and Facebook so they're just like tapped out Um, but I'm curious to get their interpretation of how something like that went down and whether or not you discussed something like Russia Today like which is clearly a sanctioned Mm -hmm. um, propaganda piece for, for Russian government.
1: Right well you know they were journalism students so they were primed but it did take them a few stories to kind of catch on, and then they began to notice things like, oh, wait, look at the backdrop, it's Donald J. Trump. And look at the URL, it's Donald J. Trump. And what is it mm-hmm. It's Laura Trump. And so, you know, people like, oh, I think we're only getting one side here, or there's no context for these news bites. Like They mentioned in one small story that he had donated his salary to the Department of Education,
0: Yes, and no specifics around it.
1: And, but didn't mention that he had just cut tens of millions of dollars from the Department of Education, so his hundred thousand yeah. dollars or whatever it was wasn't going to make a dent. So they were, they were primed to look for that kind of context, and so they noticed right away. I think millennials are very savvy in some sense, um, but they're also used to processing things very quickly. If it doesn't speak to them right away you know they'll just swipe through click through not take the time to really analyze before sharing or even read really the often yes. sometimes before sharing
0: yes this is something that i'm constantly sort of internet shaming friends about um because it's it's sometimes i've deliberately done it i don't know if you remember back um back after hillary lost the election someone had shared something on Huffington Post, like, um, here's how Bernie can get in, and whatever, like, really click headline, and then the moment you clicked in, the second paragraph, I think, was, you probably aren't reading this, and I'm telling you this because this is bullshit, like, Bernie has no chance, and, you know, so many people were like, yeah, I told you, here we go, <laughs> and it's like, wow, you guys, like, millions of people, this wasn't five people, this was, millions of people and several friends just being like told you here we go back on not over yet you know And it's like oh my god guys i'm embarrassed for you but i do think there is something to uh want to be quick like for me i've started to try and condition myself not to just immediately i'll do two things one if i'm making a joke about a news story i'll just make a joke about news story and i won't try to have any sort of you know commentary around it beyond being like a joke mm-hmm. um But I've tried to condition myself to get out of the habit of reading from Twitter. And um, basically, I get a download from The Guardian each morning. So I know that is uh, real news, not hashtag fake news. Mm -hmm. And I don't consume the news until I'm on the commute to work. So if I'm on the train, then I'm allowed to start reading. And I find that as long as I'm in transit, I'll have the time to read everything because I don't feel the need to immediately comment and start saying, see this, that and the other. Whereas if I'm just scrolling through Twitter and seeing headlines, and I know because I used to work in digital publishing, Mm -hmm. all the headlines are written in a sensational manner Mm -hmm. where you're like, holy shit, is that true? Boom, better click it and then read the first thing and be like, great. Now I know what to say. I'm retweeting it. And You know, I wonder how this is affecting journalism standards in terms of, you know, people used to read to the end of things (laughs) once upon a time. And I don't know that a lot of people are reading to completion um, before commenting. And, you
1: know, the analytics are very, very precise. They can tell exactly which line you stop reading.
0: Totally. Yeah, like when you click off, like they, yeah.
1: Right. But it it definitely has affected, you know, even legacy media. Like I went on to AOL.com. I think that was the link um, to the Laura Trump broadcast. Yes, it, it was, yes. And I was looking at the portal page on AOL.com, and I thought, wait, is this fake news? Is this a, a <laughs> copycat page? Because there are a lot of those. You know, instead of a- yeah. ABC.com, it's ABC.co.
0: Yes. Yes. Or like the one replaces a L. Um, right. I, I will tell you this. The that Yahoo... were very clickbaity
1: is my my point. Were... Yes. And very
0: Yahoo. Sorry. Go ahead. No. 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 Finish.
1: Oh, so I thought the headlines were very clickbaity and the stories were very pro-Trump, and so I did click around and come into AOL from another browser just to make sure, and, and sure enough, <laughs> so I uh, well... things have been affected
0: they just know their audience and they know what clicks and uh, my little experience or experiment with this was i also i i have a hofpo byline because i can i can contribute and i wrote some satire about how obama could win a third term and i had asked a question is this how obama gets his third term something really stupid like that and basically, throughout the, the, the piece, I said things like, sorry, my fingers are tie-tie now, so I'm going to go. But before I do that, like, so if you would have read any of this, you would have been like, wow, okay,
1: <laughs> this is some bullshit. Mm-hmm.
0: However, what happened was it started to go viral on its own. Then Yahoo picked it up, changed the headline to Obama will seek third term or something like the, the declarative statement, mm-hmm. which it wasn't originally. Mm-hmm. And once it hit Yahoo!, people went mental. I mean, my Twitter suddenly was like, I remember sitting in a meeting and all all, all of a sudden my phone just wouldn't stop going off. All (laughs) these people were tweeting me like, get over it, Snowflake, you lost. And I'm like, wait, but did anyone stop and read it? And what people got hung up on was that I had cut and pasted a section of the um, Constitution. But if you would have read the section, it's the section that implicitly says, like, no president can seek a third term. Like, Mm -hmm. you can, you know, it's two terms of act. And so, it just kind of spoke to the fact that one, people's emotions are still the number one indicator of whether they're going to share, comment, or get irate about news, and two, people don't really read. So, um, you know, I don't know what that says for the future of digital media, maybe it is that video is just where we're heading, and we better just hope and pray that, 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 you know, the New York Times has enough videographers to keep up with this demand, but I don't know. I'm, I'm curious to see how this all pl- plays out over the next few years.
1: Well, you said something very salient, which is news that makes you feel emotional or angry is the news that's most been shared. And it's true. And studies have found that um, our brains are hardwired for fake news. They've, our brains light up when we read something that makes you angry or emotional or righteous or smug. You know it has that sort of reaction um then it's more likely to be shared and totally because really it, hard to fight fake news
0: oh my goodness i don't know i don't know what will happen but uh do you have any like other thoughts around what people can be doing or should be doing to combat fake news from a journalist standpoint i know it's tough being a journalist in in 2017 because it's almost like I remember watching some of those press briefings or the White House press briefings and just the in, incred, incredulous looks across some of the journalists face as they either listen to at the time Sean Spicer or now Sarah Sanders Huckabee because something I've noticed a trend whenever Donald Trump lies and then the White House tries to clean it up. They say, oh, he was being sarcastic. Oh, he was joking. Oh, it was in jest. Mm-hmm. And it's like these aren't really joking matters. And I feel like the press are in an incredibly difficult position. To continue to hold the administration to account and and so I'm curious what you think um, those people should be doing and if you've got any self-care tips for them because I'm sure they're all (laughs) on the brink of burning out I mean it's been seven months not even um, and you've gone through two White House press secretaries I don't know I'm losing count
1: I'm losing count too but um, yeah the last one was a great story (laughs) In fact, when these these (laughs) news
0: Legendary.
1: You know, Director of Communications, Scaramucci, launches into profane tirade on the record with Reporter. I'm like, oh, that's fake news. That'll be good for the game. That's great. But it was real. And then 10 days later, um, or even less... No, 10 days. He was gone in 10 days. Yeah. I get another news alert like, Scaramucci's out.
0: And you're like, nah, (laughs) this is more... Backstabbing, backbiting. <laughs> exactly. Um, big
1: news, hashtag big news, but it was real.
0: I think I think that's something that's really interesting that you're talking about. The, the, the ability for your brain to look at something on surface and be like, Nope, that's bullshit, you know, and it's actually <laughs> like, no, he's gone. <laughs> it's true. And I think just as an aside, like the fact that the comms director didn't know that you had to request to be off record, is insane to me like you're the man in charge of the comm shop that's like basic like anyone who's watched west wing for like <laughs> two episodes or or house of cards knows like off the record is a thing that you have to tell to a journalist to make sure they don't quote you quote you directly like but it just I mean, oh,
1: communications man. you're supposed to be on the record all the time that's the oh, default position. that's the standard yeah yeah you're the guy. Uh, so it's really tough for journalists and they've been talking a lot about how to combat fake news, especially real time. So um, John Dickinson, his newscaster here, was saying you know, he would try to fact check during the on-air interview and saying, no, but that's not true. And they would get in a back and forth and their viewer feedback was the viewers felt like Dickinson was picking on his guests.
0: Oh my goodness. And they did That's so interesting. And they
1: didn't really care about the nitpicky details because they felt like the guest was speaking to a larger truth.
0: Hmm, that's interesting. That's fascinating. Do you know Andrew Marr? He's a Yeah. political journalist. Okay, great. So the th- first thing I noticed in consumption of British media versus the American media is that that isn't the end game like people don't go on these programs to like shout at one another and andrew mar is a great example whether you're a conservative a tory or you know a labor party member if you're sitting opposite him he's going to be critical but he's also just going to be very very level-headed and he will hold you to account because that's at the end of the day what we want we want the truth And so, yes, politicians can weasel, but at the end of the day, he's going to say something like, right, you basically sound like you're trying to talk your way around this and we should just move on because we don't have an hour to, you know, have this massive back and forth exchange. And there's just something to the way media is produced or the way news is produced. And I I don't I don't want to discount print media is very different from what I would call TV media and infotainment almost you know like CNN is very sort of like dramatized it's Mm -hmm. sort of like it's just not sexy to just have people sit there and give you the news anymore and I wonder if there's going to have to be a reset on that front as well
1: yeah that's really interesting you know everybody's sort of casting about um, trying to figure out what to do because trust has become a huge problem in journalism and with all the different niche outlets, um, news sources have atomized and people just cluster around what affirms their belief. And you know, another cognitive science study shows that there's something called confirmation bias. we have probably talked about this before in your shows. But mm-hmm. even when people are presented with evidence that what they believe is wrong, instead of changing their mind, they tend to double down and cling to that belief even more tightly because um, it may just upset a whole set of worldviews and uh, makes them try to justify their belief even more Well,
0: it, it's sort of just like constantly moving the goalposts. It's, it's sort of like when people say, oh, Trump's going to lose support as soon as people see that he's a failure. And I'm like, well, it's seven months. He's not passed any m- major legislation. The only bill he signed is to uh, kick Russians out. Uh, you know, it's sort of like... Wait, the, you haven't the, been
1: listening to the real Trump news? I
0: no, I have not because oh, that's fluff.
1: Oh, <laughs> right? Yeah,
0: he's just doing everything. Yeah, he's golfing so well. Um, and and can we discuss that f- portfolio, which I also was something I thought was fake news when I saw the sort of headline that um, Reince and Sean Spicer would fight over giving Trump a briefing, which included pieces that made him look strong and flattering on TV or in, in the press. I, I was floored by that, yep. but not ultimately surprised.
1: Apparently they called it the propaganda file. But... Oh,
0: uh, you, you can't make this up.
1: Um, you know, it's really a case of, don't shoot the messenger, but you want to be the, the messenger bearing good tidings and be... Yes, indeed. ...be embraced. Um, has, I guess... Hasn't worked out well for either of them.
0: Uh, yeah, I was gonna make the same observation. didn't work <laughs> in the end. It's too bad all that brown nosing got you nowhere um, but, but this is, is
1: uh, think that he he is in his own little echo chamber surrounded by sycophants and by people who tell him what he wants to hear and they confirm his own opinions instead of having a healthy debate about what's right and that's why people are terrified about North Korea right now and all sorts of other issues
0: no absolutely I think that is the number one reason when I when I saw those tweets start coming out I was like Oh, it could very well be that the nuclear war begins because there's no one in that office or in that administration that is tough enough to kind of take Trump to task. Maybe General Kelly. I don't know. I haven't seen enough to to know. But at this point, with the rhetoric and the tweets, I'm not convinced that he's going to get anything done either. And so I think we're going to just see an exhausted cast of people continuing to rotate in and out of the administration like musical chairs, because at some point you have to give your, you have to take your sanity. Um, I don't know how much, I, I just wonder what Kellyanne Conway's career will look like after four years in the White House, if she makes it four years in the White House. Like I'm constantly fascinated about where these people go after this because there is so much stink on you after this experience. I, I don't know how you say face, I don't. Well,
1: there are lots of people coming out of the White House that we can watch to see what happens with them. Um, yeah. But it's interesting, you know, the fact that the generals are in there, General Kelly, General Mattis, General McMaster, um, people were thinking, well, they will speak truth to power, because it's really in their interest not to have false information. You know, it's one thing about what you put out to the public, but in what information you're giving the president, um, and what information you're going to operate the military on, um, it's really important that it's factual. And Yeah. And Kelly seems to have been um, sitting on the president a little bit. But with the North Korea thing, I've been thinking, where are the generals?
0: (laughs) Or with the Venezuelan thing. I I was really taken aback by that, watching him on that cruise or wherever he was. And, you know, Nikki Haley is standing to his left. And I saw her face when he said that. And she almost did a double take. She was stunned. (laughs) Um, And so... You know, when you're on the back foot because your own boss won't put his, you know, foot in his mouth, it's kind of um, a disadvantage. You're operating from a disadvantaged position. And also, if you're telling everyone what the fucking deal is before you've done anything, it's like they know now. It's like, well, we've got people all over. We know that everyone knows where the American bases are throughout the world. This isn't like secretive information. And, you know, it's like there's no secret that the U.S. military is exceptional, but at the same rate there's also like, you know, restraint that one must use, you know, and I think President Ford's uh remark, um or was it Carter, I'm sorry, not Ford. Um Jimmy Carter's statement after all this escalation between North Carolina North Carolina, North Korea and America was really kind of apt where it's like we shouldn't be, you know, just not you know, playing into this thing of like Uh, an endless game of chicken where we both like say crazy things and then just wait for someone to go, well, fuck it, I'm going to hit it, you know. um, We should be working to de-escalate and working to ultimately get to uh, the goal of, I don't know if nuclear disarmament is still the goal anymore, but at this rate, who knows. Um, You know, that that was another thing.
1: I think it's containment, just like we very effectively have contained North Carolina's nuclear program. Nobody knows about it, right? (laughs)
0: no no one does yet no but you know unc if you get there it's deep beneath the tar heels um arena um the other thing i wanted to ask was did you see that um trump's remarks about how in the first six months he had renovated the nuclear program Mm. did you this was fake news i mean it doesn't get much more faker than this but like you know, this is how him tweeting off the cuff is not good for anyone because it's like everybody picked him apart where it was like, do you know how long it takes to do anything with nuclear? <laughs> like, you didn't revamp fuck all. Like, it, it's like, <laughs> ours are the biggest, the best, and the strongest. Now that I'm president, it's like, no, everything's exactly the same as it was. Right. Because that's how nuclear works.
1: Right. right. We still have enough weapons to blow up the world several times over.
0: We do, indeed. Indeed. Um, I think that's a fun stopping place. I don't know why I stop at the most terrible <laughs> times, but that's just going to be, I guess that's a callback. Right. That's just how it's going to go today. Um, Maggie, where can we find you on Twitter and where can people download or play fact, fact delicious, <laughs> uh, factitious, factitious. It's factitious, Yeah. but I like it because it's delicious. So that's why I've done that. Factitious. That, is,
1: that is a great name fact delicious maybe that's that's part maybe that's the
0: food branch out when you branch out into food you want to learn about fake news but you also want something sweet that's right when you do it
1: if you get partner with Cinnabon Cinnabon, that's right you get a chocolate I'll never leave (laughs) um so you can find the game at factitiousgame.com and um my twitter is at magalista but I have to say I'm not really um
0: you're not a tweeter that's okay. I'm a
1: lurker, not a tweeter.
0: Hey, sometimes that's the best place to be. I'm a Facebook lurker now because after the echo chamber disaster, that was 2016. Mm. I, Im- I imploded that. So I'm not on Facebook in the way that people think I would be, but I am there just to kind of peruse and see what the people are saying and pop into these groups. Man, absolutely mental. Yeah, Maggie, I- this has been really great.
1: Yes, nice to talk to you. I'm glad we finally uh, got it to happen.
0: Yeah, indeed. Um, well, w- best of luck in the future, and uh, we look forward to seeing what comes next with the game.
1: Okay. Thanks very much. Yeah, cheers. Bye bye. Forever!
0: Dog! This has been a Forever Dog production, executive produced by Joe Cilio, Alex Ramsey, and Brett Bohm For more podcasts, please visit ForeverDogProductions.com.